Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Forgotten Events. I'm your host, Katie. And I'm the Robin to her Batman, Jennifer. Yes, she is. We both are so glad you could join us for our first cryptid episode. Given that Halloween is coming up, I mean, it only seems fitting. And for the month of October, we're going to switch gears and bring you some monster mystery episodes. Some fact, some fiction, but all a great listen. Today's episode is brought to you by Jennifer. She is very familiar with this story. And we thought this is the perfect intro to October. In this episode, a crowd of people in Lake Worth, Texas, witnessed something they had never seen before. A seven-foot creature on top of a cliff. This is the story of the Goat Man of Lake Worth, Texas. In July of 1969, while the rest of the country was looking to the skies in anticipation of the moon landing, the people of Lake Worth were keeping their eyes open closer to home. Lake Worth is a suburb on the northwest side of Fort Worth and normally quiet. Both locals and people from far away would travel to fish and camp near the lake. The Fort Worth Nature Center near Lake Worth was and continues to be a popular recreational area. It invites people for its many hiking trails, lots of outdoor activities. It covers over 3,600 acres and contains over 20 miles of hiking trails. I mean, it is one of the largest city-owned nature centers in the United States. Yeah, I really enjoy going there. Um, I like to see all the wildlife they have. I've seen alligators, I've seen turtles, and I've even seen buffalo on my hikes there. No monsters, though, unfortunately. Wow. Okay, I have to check this out. It's about to become center stage for today's story. On July 10th, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram's front page headline read, Fishy Mango Terrifies Couples Parked at Lake Worth. The report claimed six terrified residents told police that they were attacked by a creature that appeared to be half goat, half man, and covered with fur and scales. Jennifer, I just have to put this in there. If it were the 80s, I would swear this sounds like one of my ex-boyfriends, just saying. Uh, your romantic compass sounds about as good as mine. <laughs> well, on with the story so that we don't embarrass each other. The attacks were reported to have taken place near Greer Island, an uninhabited marshy island mostly used for fishing and camping. One witness, John Reichart, stated that the creature leapt from a tree and landed on top of his car. As evidence of the attack, Roger pointed out the damage to his car. Multiple police units were called to the scene, but turned up nothing. The police told reporters they wanted to proceed with an investigation as the witnesses seemed legitimately disturbed by this. 
Police later admitted they had received multiple similar reports in the recent past, but had brushed them off as either pranks or overactive imaginations. And at one point, students from nearby Brewer High School were accused of making this whole monster thing up. Some point to the fact that the sightings tapered off once school was back in session. Hmm, that's interesting indeed. I'm curious to know if they still have reports or sightings for the, this monster. I really want him to be real. I knew you would. <laughs> I knew you would. That is a good question, though. We, we've really got to dig and see if there's anything like within the last 10 years. But one major concern the police and nature center management had was that in true Texas fashion, Crowds had gathered and were toting their guns in hopes of hunting down the monster. Fortunately, the crowd did not get out of hand and no one was injured. Yeah, that's both pretty surprising and fortunate given the amount of people that were said to have shown up. Yeah, right. Well, the following night, the monster was said to have appeared once again. This time, it was crying out, and throwing a tire from a bluff at two dozen witnesses in a nearby quarry. (laughs) The tire was said to be hurled around 500 feet. The witnesses maintained that no human would be able to perform such a feat. I mean, I don't know. Do you remember that show in the 70s called The Incredible Hulk? Just saying. Oh, absolutely. I'm not sure that would be, be feel any better, though, even though I'm supposed to be one of the good guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> the incident drew many curious onlookers. One such onlooker was an aspiring writer and investigator named Sally Clark. Sally did not waste any time getting to the scene to interview witnesses and look for any information. Sally was quick to publish her findings and eyewitness accounts, though. Later, the result of her findings would become a book titled Lake Worth Monster of Greer Island. It was released September of that year. We're talking 1969. In her book, Sally Clark recounts her own close encounter. And Jen, I would love for you to read the excerpt from her book. She says, it was not bobcat, nor was it a sheepskin. It was not a person dressed in a Halloween costume. It really was the terrorizing monster. It stood on its hind feet and ran like a man. It had white hair over most of its body and scales too. Man, she also wrote, of the suspicious sheep mutilations that happened around the same time. Read that excerpt, Jen. They had their necks and heads crushed. Their chins were lying in the middle of their backs. It looked like something had just ripped them apart. I mean, spooky? Wow, that's, that's insane. Sadly, Clark succumbed to dementia and Alzheimer's in 2009. The remaining copies of the book were sold to the Nature Center, of course, for resale. Clearly, 
Many copies were purchased for eBay and Amazon resale, if the prices from those sites are any indication. It really disappoints me how opportunistic people can be sometimes. Right, right. Though copies are scarce, of course, the stories contained within continue to inspire the curiosity of those who hear the tale. I wish there were more copies. So the name Lake Worth Monster and Goatman are both used interchangeably. While the origins of the monster name seem obvious, the name Goatman is a bit more ambiguous. While it may have been due to the, fu- the, the big furry appearance of the monster, it may have also been due to where he originated. There was an inpatient alcohol rehab nearby, which also homed goats for the patients to care for. It is thought by some that since the monster came from this area, he was somehow associated with the goats. So Jen, I have to ask you here because you are so familiar with this story. Did that make any sense? (laughs) Am I missing something? Not necessarily. I just think that they just made that association in their head because when they thought of that area, they thought of the goats. Um, For me, the furry appearance makes more sense that he was the goat man because of the furry appearance. But, you know, as well as I do, people don't always make sense. Gotcha. Well, as far as anyone knows, only one photo of the monster was ever taken. It was taken by Alan Plaster. In later years, Plaster is quoted as saying, whatever it was, it wanted to be seen, implying that whatever he had photographed was a hoax. Paranormal investigators and cryptozoologists continue to investigate the monster. The consensus between those that have not dismissed the sightings as a hoax hoax, sorry, is that the monster was a Bigfoot-type creature. One of the most notable investigators named Craig Woolheater, originally from North Texas, has dedicated the website cryptomundo.com, C-R-Y-P-T-O-M-U-N-D-O.com for such investigations. The Lake Worth Monster, or the Goat Man of Greer Island, is still celebrated with the Lake Worth Monster Bash held at the Fort Worth Nature Center, the area where the first sightings took place. This celebration includes canoe rides, biking, um, you know, nationally recognized monster experts are there, and of course, appearances by the monster itself. Yeah, that's a good idea on their part, getting him on the staff, you know. (laughs) Right. And, you know, didn't we do an earlier episode? Yeah, I think it was the Texarkana, Texas Unsolved Murders. And remember every Halloween they play that movie? So this is a spinoff of that. You know, every year there's this... Monster Bash. We got to go to the Monster Bash, Jen. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's like some of these events become part of the culture of the area, you know? Right. Well, in closing, while there are many explanations and some have claimed responsibility for being the monster, it will forever be a part of the legends and lore of the Lake Worth area. Mm 